Hi, this is Corey Turner, and along with my wife Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. It's an honor to be here today, and I do have. I wouldn't even say it's a message. Uh, there's just some things that have been stirring in my heart this year. And I felt like the Lord just wanted me to bring like a unrefined, pretty authentic, pretty raw, pretty seed thoughts. All right. So there's a lot of seed thoughts. But I just believe the Holy Spirit can bring connection to you guys and your heart in this upcoming season. Uh, but before I do that, I was getting ready to leave church this morning and I had a good friend of mine. Um, Ian Wadley, some of you guys have maybe met him. He's got a million dollar smile. He's got a good smile. And uh, just uh, honestly, it's been such a life-giving relationship to my family. Like, I absolutely love him. He's an, an exhorter, an encourager. Like, if my head is ever down, when I get done with him, I'm like, let's go conquer the world. <laughs> and uh, so I, I felt the Lord say, will you invite him to come to Purcell? And so, hey, I was like, Ian, do you want to come? And then I heard the Lord say this, and I was like, I was kind of interacting, like, Lord, what do you have? And he said, Ian's an encourager, he's an exhorter. And he said, will you come and exhort this house? So, Ian, can you come up real quick? Like, Ian's just a man of God, man of faith. And, um, hey, don't, don't, like, bomb this moment. Like, I'm trying to build you up a little bit. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, but I just felt like just a level of exhortation to bring. And uh, so, hey, this is my friend Ian. Beautiful words from Andrew. And look, just such a grace on him, on Ash, on all his kids. It's such a pleasure also to be with you all here today. What a beautiful time worshiping the Lord together. I'm so blessed. Thank you. Thank you for those beautiful open hearts and for the fire. Look, I'm just going to say a couple of quick things, um, just hopefully to, to bring some encouragement. Um, you know, Jesus would often point to things around him in the natural world when he's talking to his disciples. They consider this, look at that, look at that over there. And uh, there's actually, my wife Leah was noticing the other day how the seabirds, the terns, when they hunt, they kind of hover and then they fold their wings and they just hunt, right? They go, and they go face first into the ocean. <laughs> there's no kind of maybe I want it, maybe I don't. It's, <laughs> can I have more gravity, please? I really want that fish. And, um, and it's because... God was actually speaking to Leah about hunger and how some of us have, have accepted the, you know, you get what you get, you don't get upset mantra, right? We say, look, that's enough for you, you've got enough, or you've reached your ceiling, or just be content with what you've got. I'm not trying to cultivate discontent, I'm saying God wants us to be hungry for more, right? Just like the seabirds plunge face first into the ocean, in pursuit of more, it's okay to be the person who says, I want to plunge face first into Jesus. I'm hungry for more, right? And the hunger can include, I'm hungry for more rest. You know, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. It doesn't have to be, I'm hungry for more jobs. It can be, I'm hungry for more of you, Jesus. I'm hungry for more of the Holy Spirit. So that's the, that's the encouragement I wanted to give you. And, and, and just to say that his more is probably more than we expect, right? He's seated us in heavenly places. 
He's the one who fills the whole universe with His glory, right? Yes. And He wants us to be in Him and He in us. So that was really the encouragement this morning. Let's push for more. Let's say, Jesus, can I have more, please? Like the noisy baby magpie. <laughs> I want more, I want more. And what does the mum do? Run around and get more grubs and feed the baby. And I just, I just feel like that's actually the attitude of heart God wants from us. Hunger. Yes. But it's blessed are hungry, they'll be filled, right? Mm-hmm. I really feel there's something for us to say, God, let me be a person who is more hungry for you than I am satisfied in my status quo. Yes. And let me be a person who's thirsting for more of you, Holy Spirit, and who's just willing to plunge face first in order to get what you have for us. And I just ask, Father, that in the coming season, you'd cultivate that in us so that a hunger... Out of all our appetites and all our desires, our greatest hunger would be for more of you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Honestly, I had no idea what he was going to say, but that was awesome. I loved it. My heart is just exploding. And honestly, I love being around people that sharpen my spirit. I love being around people that challenge my status quo, that challenge if I'm in a stagnant place, go, no, that's who I am. That's who I'm meant to be. That's what I'm meant to be a part of. As we need people in our lives, that iron sharpens iron. It's interesting. There's a lot of people that I disciple. And yesterday I was at a, at a dinner and I saw this gentleman. And it was interesting because I, I saw this iron come up and just clean like hit and I saw him and I and I felt like God was inviting us into and I said hey because there's certain things that I know that I have that I can help release in his heart but there's certain things that he has that he can release in my heart and there's this invitation of mentorship not one way both ways an iron sharpening iron so Thank you, Ian, for, for sharing that. And uh, hey, I want to honor the time. Also, kiddos, you're awesome. You're doing a great job. Hey, uh, feel free if kiddos make noise. I'm okay. I got four of them. I know how to put them in timeout. I know how to. My vicar's like, yeah, he does. Um, but hey, feel free. Take a breath. It's all right. We'll kind of go with the flow today. And I really want to do my best to honor time too um, in this setting. So my wife and I, or I remember about 10 years ago, we were going to go on a holiday, one of our first real holidays that actually cost money, you know, and we were going to go to Disney World, right? So like a big holiday. We're so excited for recent days, like, because they thought they were real, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know, and so I remember I had one of my friends, he prayed for me and said, Lord, I pray if it rains every day, they still have a good time. And I was like... Get behind me, Satan. I want sunshine. I don't want rain every day. There's like a life savings at this point to go on this holiday. And thankfully, it, we, it was a time where we also needed a vacation. You ever been in that? Like, sometimes you go on vacation, but sometimes you need a vacation. We needed a vacation. I was a campus pastor, similar to what I was doing, like kind of young out there, you know, in the grind. It's like, I needed a vacation. And thankfully, the sunshine. But so then we went to, um, recently, we had some extra free time off. We're like, hey, 
let's go on holiday. So we actually made a trip down to Esperance. My family, we love camping. We're some of those crazy people. And um, so we went down to Esperance. And it, it was kind of like I remembered that moment of my friend praying. Even if it rains every day. Because it rained every stinking day. <laughs> the wind was like 40K, like Antarctica saying, I'm still here. <laughs> Just like... Uh, even on the way down, I had a flat tire, then the spare I had separated because it was like an older spare tire, and I had to put this other tire on, and yeah, then you're going and spending money that you didn't really want to spend on holiday, and so it was a good, I mean, honestly, there's many moments to say, hey, we're going to have fun. You know, I'm still going to destroy my kids and like get board games and stuff like that. I let them win like once or twice, but no, they're actually super competitive. Um, but it was just like this constant like, hey, it's beautiful. So a couple things we learned. Do not travel during beautiful Perth weather. Like, like, go on holiday when it's wintertime, like, go up north, like, but when it's beautiful, man, why would you leave? Like, we're like, oh, we could be at the beach right now. We actually left the day early just to go get sunburned on our favorite local beach. And uh, um, so, so then I'm going, and I had to drop my car off, and I had to walk to go pick it up, which was about a 2K walk. And as I'm walking, I look over, and I see this church, um, and it was called Freedom Church. And it said, Isaiah 61 and ACC Church. And I was like, oh, family. So I went over and I'm kind of like looking into, it's, it's nothing there, you know. But I felt this stirring for somebody. I said, I couldn't shake it. There's something about this church. It was just stirring in my spirit. There's, I just almost felt this invitation. So I'm looking in the room. There's nothing there. Um, then I was like, oh, I wonder if I walk around back to see if there's any cars back there. So I walk around back, and sure enough, I see one car. So, so I knock on the door, and this beautiful older lady comes outside. I was like, hey. <laughs> you know, I told her kind of what I was doing. I was a pastor of a church, and an ACC church. And so she actually lived about 200K away. Um, and she was coming down just to do a Bible study, but she would come to this church once a month because of the freedom that it had. And so anyways, I love this lady, like, and so she says, hey, come on in, sit down. And uh, so she invites me to have a, have a tea. And she's like, what's your story? And I'm like, my wife's going to kill me because she's waiting on me. But I was like, all right, <laughs> I'm here, let's go. And uh, so... <laughs> And so we just started talking, and I began to hear her story. And, um, you know, she works very much with the indigenous community. And where they're at, it's not about poverty of money, but it was actually poverty of spirit within their community. And I just began to hear her share her heart. And it was just, I was just beginning to get overwhelmed. And again, I couldn't sense it. And I just asked her, I said, hey, do you mind if I just go into your auditorium and pray? Are you, you'd be okay with that. She's like, absolutely. And she's doing some stuff. So I went into the auditorium. And as I began to, to go in, I just felt the weight of the, you know, the weight of the presence of God. And as I'm in that room, there was just this stirring that I began to think of, Lord, what you've done in this room and in this house will you do in my life? It wasn't an altar call. It wasn't anybody looking around. There's no music. 
But the presence of the Lord began to come and wash over me and drove me to my knees like I left my stain on the floor of snot and tears as God began just to wreck me and release a freedom in my life. And there was actually saying, Lord, I want an impartation of your freedom. Like I want an impartation of what they have dug, the wells that they've dug. I honor that. And will you let it, can I receive that? And I'll just say in that, there's two points of reflection. How often are we ignoring the invitation? Because I could have saw it and go, okay, I'm just going to keep on going. But there's something that's like, no, this is, if you think about it more than once, respond. There's going to be something that's shared today, maybe through Ian, maybe through myself, maybe through the rain. That guys, there will be an invitation for you to go and dig the well. I think we have trained ourselves to have a service, have a little encounter, and move on. Guys, you are hitting just a such a minor piece of what God has for you. But when you take it home and you wrestle and you take it home and you go on the journey with the Lord in secret, crying out to God. And so I was just on the ground. He was flooring me. And I was like, oh, I wish I had my Bible. And um so I was like, I have no idea what Isaiah 61 is. And it's funny because I'm like, I know I've read it probably a hundred times. I'm sure I've preached it. I just could not think of what Isaiah 61 was. So I found a Bible in the back of the room and then I opened it up. So if you have your Bibles, if you could go to Isaiah 61. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. So here's what it says. Isaiah 61, verse 1. <laughs> just right when I saw this, it was just, oh, just so overwhelmed by the presence of God. And I began to read it out loud by myself in this room, just like I'm doing right now. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison for those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those in Mount Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. That they may be called oaks of righteousness. Yeah. They may be called oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that He may be glorified. And then they shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities and the devastation of many generations. And I went on to continue reading. Ah, uh, sorry, I just, <laughs> just I saw myself in that, in that room, just, just me and him. Guys, I wasn't, I wasn't planning on speaking about it, it was just an invitation of me and him, and he began to wreck me, and I just, 
I just knew, Lord, I can't wait to commit my year to Isaiah 61. I can't wait to commit this year to stepping into a new level of freedom in my life. Like, I'm not okay with the level of freedom that I'm walking in right now. Lord, I know there's more, and I know there's more, and I want more. Will you show me? Will you show me? Will you show me? Thank you, Father. And so, let, let me just, just share a couple. And I told you these are just seed thoughts that I have um, just from that encounter. And it's interesting because that, that phrase, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Guys, this is about a prophecy of the one to come. This was about a prophecy of Jesus Christ. And I think sometimes we can read this passage very insular. That the Spirit of the Lord is upon Andrew. He is. This isn't actually what this moment is, is talking about. It's actually talking about Jesus. Jesus, in Luke chapter 4, he steps up, and in the reading just so happens to be Isaiah, and he begins to speak out this phrase. And he goes on and he finishes, like he, he says this to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I really do believe that this year is a year of intentionality that we need to proclaim, that we need to speak into stuff. Like we need to step into a heavenly perspective and take his perspective and release a year of intentionality. I'm being intentional. <laughs> like I, I just, if that's something God stirred on you, accept the invitation that he has. And so Jesus says this phrase, as it's quiet in the room, everyone's like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> there was an authority on that dude. There was an anointing on that guy. And Jesus says the scripture has been fulfilled in your reading. <laughs> Boom. What's up? <laughs> you know, like, wow, the scripture has been fulfilled. And that word fulfilled means complete. That word uh, fulfilled means like, you know, full stop. You know, we say period in the States. Uh, full stop. I got that Australian lingo. Like that, that scripture means to an end. Like it is complete in him. And my concern that we've done in the church, we've made it more about anointed people than the anointed person. Guys, anointing upon me is missional. Anointing upon you is for a purpose. David was anointed as king, all right? But it's temporary. He wasn't king forever. It took him 10 years to be king. Why are we worshiping anointing on people when we have an anointed one in Jesus Christ? Like, I really believe that we need churches that are so Jesus-centric. And I know that sounds silly, right? But we can wander off and make them about a person rather than about Jesus Christ. We can make it about an anointing, an encounter that I had, that I'm going out. But can I tell you that anything in me is finite and temporary, but in Him is the fullness of life. And he is the anointed one. In this interaction with Peter, I love this moment. He said, who do you say that I am? He says, some say Elijah, some say John the Baptist. Peter, who do you say? He says, you are the Christ. The son of the living God. And this is Simon Barjona upon this rock. 
I will build my church and I will give you the keys to the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Such a powerful right. Give me the keys, God. Let's go. I want to bind some stuff. I want to lose some stuff. And uh, I've always kind of wrestled a little bit with that scripture. Okay, like... Upon what rock? Is it upon Simon Barjona? It's upon Jesus? Like, how does that translate? Like, how do we get the keys? <laughs> like, impurity, how do we bind and loose? And I feel like as I've leaned into this, there's just a little more clarity that I have in my spirit. Because it was actually Peter that said, you are the Christ. And you know what the Christ means? The anointed one. <laughs> My anointing is so secondary to the anointing. You can't have my anointing, but you can have the anointing. <laughs> and it's not, you know, even anointing, guys, it's actually not about me. It's about Christ in me. It's Christ in you. The anointed one, the one that can actually bring good news to the poor. You can do your best encouragement, but if heaven's not behind it, it'll be just words that go through. Like, like we can try to help. Guys, I have tried to help addicts. I have, even my dad, I would make him do drug tests in front of me. Like, I, I'm a son of an addict. Like, I would do everything trying to say, save and help in my own ability. But it just takes the Father and the Spirit of God to actually set the captives free. Like, we need Christ in us. Not my best attempt to help and save and set people free. It's Christ in us. So I guess what I'm hinting at, so I just hear this word anointing a lot. And this idea that if I make it about my anointing, what can happen? I feel like I can become a little bit independent from the anointed one. And yeah, I'm going to see some stuff, but I do believe there's more stuff. And it's actually Him. But if I realize that actually anointing actually flows from Him, Peter, upon this rock, upon you, Peter, of the anointed one in Jesus, I will build my church. And you will bind. Like, there will be things that we do, but actually that binding is an undisputable authority that we speak. Am I going on my anointing authority? Am I going on the anointed one? I loved it when the disciples went out and they're like, holy cow, like demons are fleeing. It's working, Jesus. We're using your name and stuff's happening. Can we come under that revelation? Like, I feel like we distanced ourselves from that and made it again about an anointed person. Now, I honor anointed people. Like, I believe there's invitations. We honor the prophets. We honor the apostles. But guys, we got to stop leading people to ourselves, but leading people to the anointed one in Jesus. All right, so now if you understand that actually this, the Spirit of the Lord, God is upon me because He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, to bind up the broken heart, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Like, that's what Jesus does. And that's what Christ does actually in us. All right? So we see that this is Jesus' anointing, Jesus' role, that yes, He commissions us 
to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out the leper. So he has released authority, but it's Christ in us that we have that authority. So Jesus has a function and a role, but listen what he does for us, all right? Listen what this anointed one in Jesus, it says this, I will comfort all who mourn. He says that I will give them a beautiful headdress or beauty for their ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, and they will be called oaks of righteousness. Like, how beautiful is this invitation? How amazing is this, is this invitation? Now, let me share something. In, now, just hear this. I'm not, I'm not pointing a finger. I'm not saying you're not good enough if you've been in this state. But if you're mourning too long, are we going to Jesus? If we're in this place of discouragement constantly, who are we going to? Like, if we're in this place and always constantly having a faint spirit, like, are we truly going to the one that will give us beauty for ashes? Are we truly going for the, like, when I am down and out, and that does happen. Like, just the other night, I was attacked. Like, there was an attack that came into me in my sleep, and I could not shake it, and it was heavy. And I was laying there, and it was about an hour, and finally, like, enough this ain't shaking so i went just to go be with the lord and i prayed and i read my word and it was amazing he took that and released something in me now some of you you might have lost a child you might have lost a hut like there might be some stuff going on in your life what does that mean you need to come to jesus more frequently you need to come more often when you're in that hard hurtful place it was earlier this year, I was um, reading through Genesis and, and I just saw Noah and just something stood up when he came out of the ark, he built um, the uh, altar. And there's another moment with Abram um, where he, after God called him to the land of Canaan, he went into the land and he built an altar. And I just begin to visually see this altar and, and Abram coming to this place like, God, I'm giving this all to you as a place of worship, a place of sacrifice, a place where incense was arising. And then in that moment, I actually saw myself at this altar and I heard the Lord say morning, noon and night. Right? Morning, noon and night. And let me just tell you what happened in that space. And I'm, I'm and I want you to hear me in this. Because I'm not trying to put a yoke upon you if you're not spending time with the Lord morning and noon and night. I'm careful sometimes to share that because there's two things that can happen. Some of you go is like, dude, I'm like spending time with Jesus like once a week. <laughs> like, 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 I'm just, I'm just hard to get in the morning. You know, you do it morning, noon, and night. And some of you are like, I spend time with Jesus every single day, like all day long, six times a day. Like, I'm way better than this guy. That's not what I'm sharing in this. I'm not trying to put a scale... Um, but what I will say, the Lord said, Andrew, where you're going 
this will not sustain you. I'm inviting you to more places and spaces with me. I want to release a greater heavenly reality of what I'm doing. And I need that. I, need, I can get distracted by this or that. And God's like, no, I need you to come to me morning, noon, and night. And so I, I, want, to, I want you to hear the heartbeat in what I'm sharing with you. Because it's actually me coming to Jesus morning, noon. And it's hard to stay discouraged when you're coming to him. It's hard to say empty when you're actually coming to Him. I used to love to go to bed like, Lord, I can't wait to wake up with you. I don't sin often because like, when I do, I know I'm going to have to hear from Him in the morning. You know, like, oh, sorry, God. You know, like, I, I just I take care of business. But now he's saying, no, nah, the frequency, and I walk with God, um, but there's this intentional moment of coming before him and him encouraging me and him lifting morning, noon, and night. It was Daniel that three times a day he would go and pray. I'm saying morning, noon, and night he would come, and he so far surpassed all of his other companions. The wisdom that he had. The heavenly strategies that he had. Listen, he was in secular work. He wasn't working in the house of God. And that's most of the Bible is there. We put so much on the pastors, on the platforms. But God's like, no, I have my Daniels. I have my Ian's. I have you. And I want to give you heavenly strategies to go. And people say, oh, there's something on that man. But morning, noon, and night, he would come before the Lord. God release those things. And actually, the enemy was looking for him. They're trying to put him in a trap. You know, like, and they put out this thing. If anybody worshipped any other god besides this king, they'd be thrown in the lion's den. And I love when the enemy came, where did they find him? They found him before the Lord. They found him in prayer. When the enemy comes looking, where is he finding you? <laughs> oh, he finds me in a time of the Lord. He finds me walking with him. Morning, noon, and night. Psalms 55 says this. But I call to God and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon. I utter my complaints and moan. And he hears my voice. He redeems my soul in safety for the battle that I wage for many are arrayed against me. Guys, when you're in a season of attack, when you're in a season of heaviness, do you know what? The intensity needs to increase. Like you need to come to him. He's complaining. He's moaning to God. Listen, I, I think sometimes we're, we're you can complain to the Lord. Like, Lord, I didn't see. Sometimes we need to get that off of. He's the safest place in the world for you to go to. To talk through those things. Thank you, Father. Now, let me put a disclaimer. Have I hit morning, noon, and night every single day? Not a chance. <laughs> you know, like, it's been like two days out of like, Lord, it's holiday. But like, I'm struggling. And that's a name for me. I don't feel condemned if I don't do it. But I sense the beauty of the invitation of that. It's whether it's just in the word, in prayer, like I'm coming. Just, it's a matter of the position of my heart saying, God, in the noon time, I'm here. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, right. And he, the anointed one, oil of gladness. Garment of praise. There ain't no faint spirit here today. <laughs> There's a garment of praise 
that's upon me. There's a garment of praise that He wants to put upon you. I believe the Lord wants to eradicate discouragement in the body of Christ. We're listening to so many discouraging things. You know what He says more than anything? Be strong and courageous. You know, the opposite of courageous is discouragement. <laughs> you know, like, it's complete. Like, you cannot be courageous and be discouraged. And that is the voice of the enemy, a sea thought. Let's break off. And that's what I feel like the reason I'm coming so frequently is the Lord is speaking to me about my mind and about things that I'm dwelling upon. And there it's many times it's actually the enemy, like a thought from the enemy that I'm going through. And it's like, no, we're cutting that off. All right, again, I literally had no notes and I'm just kind of going, all right, let me just finish with this, all right? You guys, are you guys getting something out of it today? Awesome. Because he goes on, and actually Psalm 55 goes on to say this, the morning, noon, and night, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. <laughs> Sorry, when I saw that, I saw some of you taking your burden, taking your failure, taking whatever that thing is that the Holy Spirit is highlighting unto the Lord. And I saw the joy of the Father, like the incense arising to the Lord, that He could take that from us. He asked us to give our burdens unto Him. And it says, you will not be moved. It's kind of like that righteous oak. All right. So when we make it about Jesus and he is the anointed one, when we make our churches about Jesus and him being the anointed one, he's the one that does the stuff. That's what I've learned. Ministry is so much easier than I ever thought. Like I tried so hard and I was part of the environment where we tried so hard. But when we just actually made it about Jesus and Jesus is the minister, we minister to him. He ministers to us. It's like, dang, stuff happens. People are getting healed. And it's not like me, like, come on, I just need to shonda bonda a little bit. Like, like, I need to imagine. Yeah, like, they work. He's doing stuff. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Father. It's Him. It's Him. It's Him. But listen to what we get to do. <laughs> he does stuff. And here's what He invites us into. That we be an oak of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That He may be glorified. Like we get to glorify the Lord as we're walking. With, as an oak of righteousness. And he goes on to say, then they shall build up the ancient runs. The former devastations, they shall repair the ruined cities, the devastation of many generations. So here's what I want to encourage you guys in. Guys, when we see devastation, we say, let's go. <laughs> when we see something in ruins, I'm your guy. Like when we see things that are going on in people's lives, there's brokenness in people's lives, just understand. Like we actually, there's a grace upon us to rebuild 
things, guys. I am wildly passionate to rebuild the ancient ruins in the body of Christ. I believe God is calling the body of Christ to a purity in this season, realigning us back to Jesus. I'm rebuilding the ancient ruins, and there's a grace upon me because He has anointed Jesus Christ that is in me. Let's rebuild. Let's get after it. Let's break off discouragement. He says, devastation. They shall repair. <laughs> they shall build up the ancient ruins. ruins. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again, conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.